This podcast is brought to you by sarahraven.com, which is home to everything you need for a truly beautiful and productive garden. You'll also find great and essential gardening kit and stylish, lovely things to have in your house to bring the outside indoors, all inspired by the garden and the house being tied together. There's also plenty of garden inspiration, how-to videos and specialist growing guides. So head over to sarahraven.com today to discover even more. Welcome to the mini podcast series of Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange with me, Sarah Raven. And I'm actually going to do all these on my own. And we're going to do seven in the mini series. And it's going to concentrate on the kitchen garden or the veg plot or the veg allotment or whatever for this mini series. Because I had my new book out this spring, which is called A Year Full of Veg. And I talked about it when it first came out, but it's been something that I've been thinking about for 30 years, growing veg, with a young family initially. And I guess I feel qualified to write about it and to talk about it in this mini-series for many different reasons. But one of the lovely things is I've been 60 this year, and along with, let's say, Prue Leith and Mary Berry, the great thing is age gives you wisdom. And the thing is, I've been growing veg for three decades. And so I've learned quite a lot. And so that's why I really thought doing a kitchen garden mini series would be great. And so it's really the distillation of everything I've learned over that time. So I'm going to start with the real basics. So when you're sitting down and you're deciding what you're going to grow, or standing up in your garden, or in the garden center buying your seed, or going online and buying your seed, I really recommend that you have a sheet of paper, or on your phone you make some notes. And I always think in terms of categories, because it makes it easier to break it down. And the first category that I really recommend that you start with, particularly if you don't have much space, is you go for the really big producers. And anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a while will know that the big producers are the things that are cut and come again. So you can go out and harvest, for instance, salad rocket or flat leaf parsley today. And then in five or six days time, you can go out and you can pick it again and then again and then again and then again. And so that for me is category one. And whatever size of garden I had, they would be at the top of my list. And the things included there are the salads and the herbs, particularly the annual herbs, because they're more prolific. And then the leafy greens, things like kales, chard and spinach. And then courgettes are really, really prolific. Actually, do you know, that makes me think when you're driving around in the countryside at this time of year, sort of late summer, early autumn, is the things that you see on a little trolley or a little sort of table at the end of a drive in this part of the world in East Sussex with an honesty box because the, the people in that household just aren't managing to keep up with the harvest. So they're either giving it or selling it very cheaply. So courgettes are the classic. And then onto the beans, particularly runner beans are an absolute classic for the honesty box. But also French beans are equally prolific or not quite as prolific, actually, to be honest. But 
still really easy to grow. Rhubarb, which is great for shade. And then if you're going to grow a pea, you want to grow one of the sugar snap or moj too, rather than shelling pea varieties because they give you much more for your square meter. Perhaps a tomato will come on to which, but um, one that will take blight if you haven't got a greenhouse, and then a mini cucumber. So those are category one. So select from those. And from that list I've just given you, and this will all be in the podcast notes, just select one or two crops from, from each of those different categories. But that's category one. So those are the huge, huge producers. Category two are the things that I call the chuck in and ignore. And with these, it's just, they're so easy. And these are really suited to you if you've got an allotment and you can't get to it more than like every other weekend or at the best every 10 days or so. So you can literally sow them one weekday evening and then maybe 10 days later, go back and water them and check they're okay and give them a, just check that they've germinated. But those are the things, chuck in and ignore. And those are things like beetroot, broad beans if you're in the spring, kale, but it does need netting against the cabbage white butterfly. Things like kohlrabi, that's a really good chuck and an ignore. Leeks, of course, and they're very, very hardy. Purple sprouting broccoli, which would need netting in the summer and early autumn months, but then you can take it out of its cage and leave them just to grow on. And of course, squash, which take a lot of space, but you really can just plant out seedlings or even just put in some seeds and leave them to germinate and grow on. And then, of course, the really easy perennials and shrubs, things like globe artichokes are incredibly easy, rhubarb, bush and cane fruit like blackcurrants and blackberries, and possibly asparagus, which takes very, very little maintenance. Sorry about that noise. It's um, Even though it's high summer, it's freezing here and I've lit the fire. So that's what those crackles are. So asparagus is another possibility in this category. And of course, the evergreen herbs, which if you don't have room for them just outside your house at home, then they're a classic low maintenance thing for an allotment. And maybe potatoes. So they're the other thing that you can chuck in and ignore. The third category that I think if you have a bit more space and a little bit more time to look after things, then it's really let taste aside. So it's flavor first. So it's the things that are really barned or different if you've bought them or if you've grown them and you've only harvested them, I don't know, 10 minutes, half an hour, an hour before. And those are the things with high sugar content. So new potatoes, peas, I think broad beans it applies to, tomatoes where you get that lovely scent, uh, carrots, and all those things, asparagus actually is, is in that category, possibly too. All those things have a high sugar content, but the sugars convert quite rapidly to starch. And so the flavor changes. So the flavor changes from a, an absolute sweet bomb of pea taste to a more sort of marifat lentily taste. I mean, that's what you'll get with peas, but you get the change with carrots too, sweet corn famously, of course. So that for me is category three. And if I've got more space, I always try and grow those. And those are things that you just literally pull from the ground or harvest and, and eat just straight away. And then category four, the one but final category are, depend where you live actually, so they're what I call the unbiables. So if you've got the most wonderful organic farm shop down the road that isn't sort of ridiculously pricey, then you can probably, 
you know, if you've got that, you can probably buy almost anything if you can afford to. But if not, I mean, we don't have that so much here. So I tend to grow the more unusual chicories, balotti beans, the more unusual sort of colored French beans like yellows and purples, uh, certainly the more unusual tomatoes I tend to grow, although they're getting increasingly available. But so those are the things that are, are really not so easy to buy, certainly in the supermarket. And so if you've got room for them, they would be the next category, so the category four. And then finally, category five, which are the ornamentals or the edimental ornamentals. So they're the sort of really beautiful things that you might put in your garden, which is a flower garden rather than a productive veg garden. And so globe artichokes, again, hit there. The lovely huge kale called red boar, I would always put in there. Rainbow chard, scented leaf pelagoniums, perhaps they look fabulous and I love using them for tisanes and cordials and things. And leeks, they give you a lovely vertical spire variety like St. Victor or Northern Lights, which are purple. So those are really fabulous. And of course, again, the herbs. So the herbs have appeared many times. And I'm going to do a whole episode on herbs, actually, because I think as a beginner veg gardener, they're a really, really good place to start. So that is it for episode one of the Kitchen Garden mini-series. So five categories. So the huge producers as number one, make a list of a few of those. And even if you've only got a really small garden, I really recommend they're the place to start. The next lot are the chuck and ignore or the easy edibles. So that's category two. Category three are the real flavor bombs. So the really amazing things that make so much difference if they're fresh. Category four, a bit tricky to buy and perhaps you've come across them on your travels, or you've been to some wonderful restaurant, you've had them and you want to try growing them. So those are really fun things to grow. I mean, I would put chervil in that category and summer savory for me. So unusual herbs, which I can't buy in this part of the world. And then finally, category five, the edimentals or the really beautiful edible ornamentals. That's it. That's a good general introduction. And in the next episode in the Kitchen Garden mini-series, I'm going to actually move into describing the sort of rotation that you go from one six-month period of the year, which is basically spring into summer and early autumn, perhaps, and then the second collection of months, which is autumn, winter, and the early spring, and what are the best plants to grow in those two halves of the year. So see you then. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes we talk about on this podcast by heading to the show notes or at sarahraven.com forward slash podcast.